the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Part two of our podcast, Let Us Reason. And of course, if you have joined us in the first part or just joining us right now with us here in studio, our dear brother, David Wood, and we are talking about Ramadan in particular. We've been focusing on uh, the fasting versus the feasting. And uh, last, uh, you know, a few minutes of part one, David uh, shared with us some of the teachings of Jesus concerning uh, fasting. And, uh, you know, David, thank you again for being here with us. Uh, what other, uh, you know, uh, passages you would like to share? And then I want to talk about, uh, you know, one such series that you used to do called Ramadan Bamathan, and you specifically were targeting ISIS, actually, and their actions in Ramadan. Uh, yeah. Um, so, and, and just to be, just to remind everyone in case any, everyone, anyone tuned in late, um, I would have no problem with what goes on in Ramadan if you called it the feast of Ramadan, right? If you said, hey, we have a feast that's a month-long feast in our religion, then I would say, okay, well, be careful because, you know, binge eating for an entire month isn't very healthy. But, I mean, Christians certainly have no problem having feasts. Jews had no problem having feasts. Um, here in America, we have Thanksgiving. There's usually a big meal for something like Christmas, for Easter. People on their birthdays usually have a fun time and have a lot of food and cake and things like that. So um, we have no problem with uh, celebrations and feasting and so on. Um, it's it's the strange idea. It's this strange idea that gorging yourself with food twice per day, even if you weren't gorging yourself with food, it's very strange to say we're having two big meals a day and we're calling it fasting. That's just a really, really, really weird concept. And it's the problem is amplified if you look at the words of Jesus. So we started out last, last time where Jesus says, take care not to practice, this is Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, take care not to practice your righteousness in the sight of people to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward for, no reward with your Father who is in heaven. And after that, Jesus talks about giving to charity, and then he talks about prayer, and then he talks about fasting. So just just, uh, let me read this little part on... um, on prayer. And when you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they will be seen by people. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But as for you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. 
And here, just to be clear, Jesus is not condemning all sorts of public prayer because Jesus prayed. Jesus also prayed in, in front of people. Um, he's talking about your, your motivation. And basically, the more public you're, you're making your prayers, um, the more concerned you should be that you're doing it to be seen by others and not, uh, not because you're actually communicating with God. And then uh, it's funny, in verse 7, Jesus says, And when you are praying, do not use thoughtless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. But notice, do not use thoughtless repetition. I mean, if you wanted to, if you wanted to describe Islamic prayers, where you just recite words that you've memorized, in a language that many people do not even understand. Lots of people memorize the Islamic prayers, even though they don't speak Arabic. And so it's just thoughtless repetition. It's nothing other than thoughtless repetition. This is what Jesus says, don't do in your prayers. And <laughs> what do we find in Islam? It's part of the fabric of Islam too. Thoughtlessly pray in a public setting where you're seen by people. So it's like the exact opposite of how Jesus tells people to pray. Now, we get down to fasting. So this is verse 16 of Matthew chapter 6. Jesus says, Now, whenever you fast, do not make a gloomy face as the hypocrites do, for they distort their faces so that they will be noticed by people when they are fasting. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But as for you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by people, but by your father who is in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So Jesus says that your, your fasting is something that you want to, you don't want to be proclaiming and announcing in public. Everyone, I'm fasting for this situation. I'm fasting for this. I'm fasting for that. Um, that's something that, that should ideally be between you and God. Now, if you're, if you're, if you're talking to your friend, you're saying, Hey, let's get together and fast so we can fast and pray for this. Uh, that's fine. You're not doing that to be noticed by someone, but if you're drawing attention to yourself, that that's the sort of thing that Jesus is condemning people who are deliberately going out of their way to make sure that people notice that they're fasting. And Jesus says, look, if, if that's, don't think that you're getting any reward from God, that this is praiseworthy from God, if you're doing things to be noticed by others and you're being praised by others. And once again, we get to Ramadan, where just like Islamic prayers, it's, it's, it's all out in the open. It's all for spectacle. You're being praised if you do it. If you're, if you don't do it, if you say, you know what, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fast. I'm going to fast on my own in private um, whenever I feel like it. So you guys don't know when I'm fasting, you'll be blasted, you'll be blasted. How dare you? How dare you obey the words of Jesus? Right. right. So that's that's the very, very strange thing here. So notice if, if you combine these things out, if you combine these things, Jesus is actually talking about people who are fasting here. That's right. right. He's talking about people who are actually fasting, which that would in the Jewish context, he's talking he's, he's talking in a Jewish context, that fasting would not have meant gorging yourself with food twice per day. So these people would have actually been fasting, but they would have done their fasting in a way that they make sure other people are noticing what they're doing. Everyone look at me, look how, oh, I'm sorry, I can't do that today. I feel so weak because I'm fasting, everyone. I'm fasting today. I'm a good, righteous person. 
So these are people who are actually fasting, and Jesus has this warning that you shouldn't be doing this just to get a reputation for fasting. When you combine that with what's actually going on in Islam, where they're not actually fasting, but they still want the reputation for fasting, this is just amazing. So Jesus warns his his followers, hey, if you're going to fast, make sure you're not make sure you're not doing it just to be seen by others. In Islam, it's, hey, we're not even going to fast. We're going to feast, but we're going to call it fasting because we want the reputation of people who are fasting. And then we're going to make sure the entire, literally the entire world. So Jesus says, keep it secret. Muslims say, we're going to announce to the entire world so that every news agency is talking about how we're fasting right now. And every political leader has to come out and talk to us about how we're fasting and praise us for our for our fasting. Meanwhile, we're feasting the entire time. This is, my goodness, uh, this, is, this is just religion at its worst. Not according to me, according to Jesus. L- Jesus looks at, looks at people who are doing everything to be seen by others and being hypocrites in the process and so on. And he looks at that and he says, this is, this is, this is just, this is the worst of religion. And this is built into the very fabric of Islam. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, someone here, also a Muslim, is saying we only fast because Allah told us to fast. Here's the problem, brother. Who is Allah? I mean, if Allah actually is Yahweh, the God of the Bible, you just showed from the Bible, Jesus, who came 600 years before Muhammad, didn't say to fast in the same fashion as Allah or Muhammad asked their followers to fast. Nor that we find any evidence about a month called Ramadan in the Bible where people were commanded to fast for 30 days and do any of the things that Muhammad basically instituted. So everything about Islam is still unique to Islam. It has nothing whatsoever to associate it with previous religions, prophets, or any books per se. Yeah, um, I mean, and, j- and just think about that. So he, he says, so someone said, oh, we're just doing it because of Allah. Now, I believe that God can tell you to do things and that your, you know, your obedience is an act of devotion towards God. What we're saying is there's no way this came from God, right? There's no way this came from the same God (laughs) that we read about in the Bible, right? There's no way God sends a prophet, Jesus, to tell everyone, guys, whatever you're doing, make sure you're not doing all this prayer and fasting in in a public way to be seen by others. And then God sends the next prophet and says, guys, we need to make all of this even more public than ever. We need to take our prayer and our fasting more public than any religion in all of history so that the entire world knows exactly what we're doing at all times and how righteous we are. There's no way, there's no way those things came from the same God. And even think about, think about fasting because what's amazing here, Al, um, when I... When I criticize Ramadan fasting, and I point out all the problems with this, the classic response I get over and over and over again is Muslims will say, well, Jesus fasted, so why are you condemning Jesus? And they just don't, they just don't get it. It's amazing. Guys, when Jesus fasted for 40 days, do you think he was gorging himself twice per day? Do you think that's what, that's what the Bible means by fasting? Do you think it, it means that he was having these two huge meals during the day? Do you think do you think that's what it means when it says that that Jesus fasted? If you go through any of the the biblical figures who fasted, do you think that means they were eating tons of food during that? That's the exact opposite of what they were doing during this time. 
And so when we say Jesus fasted or Moses fasted, that means they weren't eating. That's what that means. That's right. When we get to Islam, it says, hey, we've got this month long fast and we look at what you're actually doing. And all you do is sort of flip a normal human daily schedule where you uh, you normally don't eat during the night hours and you eat during the day and you flip that and you say, OK, we're going to gorge ourselves with food during the evening and night. And then we're we're not going to eat during the day. And lots of people just sleep during the day and causes all kinds of health problems. Um, again, two, two basic problems here. One, what you're doing is feasting not fasting call it the call it the feast of ramadan i have zero problem with you calling something the feast of ramadan the only concern there would be uh, health concerns that a month long of that sort of thing, a month long thanksgiving ladies and gentlemen would be a bad idea a month long double thanksgiving where you're eating two thanksgiving meals per day for a month would be very very bad for your health and that's why we have all these uh, that's why we have all these uh, health problems that are the result of ramadan so that would be bad enough, but it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a major concern if you weren't also sort of patting yourselves on the back and saying, entire world, world, this is while you guys are eating normally, we're fasting because of our religion and how devoted and how righteous we are. Look at us. We're all fasting, unlike the rest of you. Meanwhile, they're eating more food than they eat at any other time of the year, and they're eating more food than most other people in the world during that time. And calling it fasting. This is amazing stuff. This is amazing. It is. It is indeed. Uh, you know, uh, one other thing, uh, brother, I mean, Islam is always about inventing things and people sadly just buy into it. I mean, like you can see from some of these uh, arguments that some people are, are uh, raising here, you can tell they have no clue really what Muhammad taught, what Islam teaches, what the Quran uh, says, what Allah uh, implemented. They just go by emotion, you know, and they they were raised that way. I mean, like one of them says, oh, I never really was raised up to hate anybody. Good for you. We're not talking about you and your family. As a matter of fact, you and your family have better moral values than the Quran and the God of the Quran and the prophet of Islam, simply because they did the opposite of what you just said, that you and your family were not raised to hate anybody. That leads me to the next, uh, you know, uh, maybe uh, closing topic, if you wish. We have about nine minutes left. You used to do this, uh, you know, uh, video series, which I liked, really. I mean, you called it Ramadan Bamathan, and that was intentional. Because many times, Muslims, if you ask them, is Ramadan a holy month? They're going to say yes. Believe it or not, the, the Quran never said that Ramadan is a holy month, actually. So I don't even know where they get this idea from. Muhammad complimented, actually, waging war in Ramadan. ISIS did a lot of evil acts in Ramadan. So you want to shed some light on that? Yeah, it, it's a... Uh... I've made several videos. Uh, I've made several Ramadan Bamathan videos over the years. And it was mainly because there would be a terrorist attack during Ramadan. And then we would hear, oh, we would hear from the news agencies and from politicians. Oh, this isn't real Islam. These aren't real Muslims because they're fighting during their holy month. And no true Muslim would fight during a holy month. And so these aren't real Muslims. And so once again, it was a situation of where, what planet do you live on, reporters? What planet do you live on, politicians? Muhammad and his companions fought during the month of Ramadan. That was not an issue for them. And again, we hear this is your holy month, your month of 
fasting. And we interpret that through a Western Judeo-Christian lens where we think that you mean the same things that we mean by fasting. We think, oh, what you mean by holy month and fasting is something similar to what we mean, not the exact opposite of what we ordinarily mean. And so what was what was shown over and over again is just as eating skyrockets during the month of Ramadan, violent terrorist attacks skyrocket during the month of Ramadan. And part of the reason is, uh, you know, you have teachings like your your rewards are increased for good deeds during Ramadan and stuff. And so, hey, if you're going to go, you know, slaughter a bunch of people in the name of Allah, that's a good time to do it because now your your rewards will be multiplied because uh, you're doing it during the month of Ramadan. But um, you had groups, of course, like ISIS and and others who are la- waging these these terrorist attacks. So it's just a good month to do things. But if if you think about the the concept of a holy month, something like that, a, a holiday, a holy month, the idea is to stop being distracted by other things in the world and actually focus on your religion. And so. Isn't it strange that when people would do that, when people would say, hey, let, you know, let's forget about other things, focus just on our religion during this time of fasting, and we'll just focus on Islam, that you have all these violent attacks, right? It, it's right. very strange. And m- matter of fact, uh, over at the religionofpeace.com, over at the religionofpeace.com, every year they actually keep on that website, the religionofpeace.com, they keep a running tally of attacks during Ramadan, religiously based violence during Ramadan. And what they do is they pit basically Islam versus all other religions combined to to keep score. In other words, we have attacks that are carried out during Ramadan in the name of Allah, and we have attacks carried out in the name of all other religions combined. So if Christians are saying, hey, I'm killing you in the name of Jesus, if Jews say, I'm killing you in the name of Yahweh, if Hindus say, I'm, I'm killing you in the name of Shiva or something like that, right? Whatever you're, it, all religions versus Islam. And so far, we've, we've, we've been through two weeks of Ramadan so far. The tally for the first two weeks of Ramadan is in the name of Islam, there have been 91 deadly terrorist attacks. So attacks in which someone was killed. 434 dead victims. So 434 people killed in the name of Allah during the first two weeks of Ramadan. In the name of all other religions combined, zero. Zero. Not saying that people haven't been killed and so on. Um, You could have, you know, a person from a religion who killed someone. But as far as terror in order to promote the religion, you've got zero from all other religions combined. And you can go year Year by year, the 2020, in Ramadan 2020, there were 175 Islamic attacks, 718 dead victims. In the name of all other religions combined, zero. And keep in mind, that was that was sort of a tame year by, you know, you can go back and when you get to the time of ISIS and so on, these things were significantly worse. But the results year after year after year are always the same. When you get to Ramadan, there are massive piles of dead bodies that result from Islam. And you look at all other. So this isn't, hey, Christianity versus Islam. This is Islam versus all other religions combined. 
and all other religions combined managed to produce zero dead bodies in the name of their religion. That's true. And yet, and yet, this is the this is the holy month where no one would ever commit violence. What is going on with this religion now? Absolutely. And like I said, I mean, case in point, if it is really that holy, then either they're breaking the commandment or it's proven that it is not one of the holy months. Anyway, any way you look at it, why would you kill anyone in the first place, especially in a month that there is this claim that you feel closer to God, that there is a lot of spiritual you know, feelings right now, that you need to be good to the poor, and the list can go on and on and on. Are you telling me there are no poor uh, uh, among the people that you killed? Are you telling me that this is pleasing to Allah, who supposedly had his Quran descend from heaven to Muhammad and during that month of Ramadan? I mean, there are so many contradictions, David. Um, it's just unbelievable. Brother, you know, as we have like about maybe uh, two and a half minutes left, um, any final thoughts? Yeah, um, I, I, would just, uh, I would just ask our Muslim friends to take a step back for a second because, you know, we, we pointed out before, guys, we're, we're not talking about you in the sense that we're not talking about if we talk about violence in the name of Islam, well, most of the Muslims I've known haven't been especially violent. So we're not talking about it. We're talking about what the religion teaches and encourages and the effect that these things have on populations here. Um, think about this. Suppose, hypothetically, that the gospel that Jesus preached, where the divine son of God dies on the cross for sins and rises from the dead. Suppose that that is the message that you really need to hear. Suppose that the gospel which Jesus preached is the message that you need to hear. That's a message that says that you are not righteous enough to be in the presence of God. You're just not good enough. You can't, you can't dwell with God. And the, 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 given the things you've done in life, you are under God's condemnation. And so the message of the gospel, which is which means good news, the message of the gospel is that God gives you the righteousness of Jesus because you can't be righteous enough on your own. Your, your, your little hypocritical fasting, feasting, whatever it is, uh, if you think these are the these are the, the your good deeds, uh, then the, according to the Bible, your righteousness is as filthy rags. That's right. Before the Almighty, right? And so the gospel is a message about how. God gives you his righteousness through Jesus Christ. Now, suppose, hypothetically, that that's true. And suppose that Satan were to invent a false religion in order to keep people away from that. What kind of religion would he invent? It seems like he'd invent something where he keeps people constantly distracted and thinking that they're doing all these things. Oh, if you just dress in a certain way, and if you just don't drink that and you don't eat that, then guess what? You can you can be an incredibly violent person and kill tons of people. You can uh, have as many sexual partners as you want. Just keep cycling through your wives and you can have all sorts of all sorts of slave girls and you can gorge yourself and call it and call it fasting and just pray in front of everyone and just make sure that everyone sees everything you're doing so that they can be praising you for being such a righteous person. And wouldn't wouldn't the goal of Satan be to produce a religion that makes you think you're doing a great job when inwardly you are still under God's condemnation. And yet your religion so distracts you 
by all the things you're required to constantly do, these meaningless things, these absolutely worthless, filthy rags type of things that you never get to reflect deeply on your status before God. Amen. And your need for a savior. That's, I'm saying this because Islam sounds exactly like the sort of religion that Satan would invent to keep people away from the gospel. I mean, before Islam ever arose, if you were to just look at the words of Jesus and say, huh, if we were to make a religion to attract religious people, but to keep them off the track of the true gospel, and you made a list and a description of what that religion would be like, you'd get Islam before Muhammad ever came along. Absolutely, brother. And that brings us really to the conclusion of part two of our podcast, Let Us Reason. Thank you for everyone who have joined us. And hopefully you've enjoyed this topic. Uh, you can feel free, of course, as always, to interact with us through our website, SyriaInternational.com, and also watch and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Syria International. Also, I want to remind everybody that uh, uh, Brother David has an amazing YouTube channel uh, in his own right. It's called uh, Acts 17 Apologetics. I hope that if you are not subscriber of that channel that you would consider doing so. Uh, I'm going to conclude the podcast, uh, but uh, everyone, you can stay with us for a few more minutes if you have any questions for David, of course. Thank you so much uh, to those of you who uh, joined us. Thank you for those of us, uh, those of you who've been with us here in the studio, and thank you for those who listen to our podcast. This is Al-Fadi. Thank you, Brother David, and uh, thank you uh, for all of you, for your support and your prayers. Uh, until we meet again next time, have a blessed day. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.